Good morning, church side. Uh, uh, hello. It's not even noon yet, and I can't even talk. Good morning, church at Southside family. That was what I was trying to say. It's great to see you. Um, I'm, I'm Charlie. If I haven't met you yet, my wife Laura is here, and my son John David is here. We had the blessing of attending this church for a long time, and we've moved to Georgia. So that uh, it's around Atlanta. So that's got to put us on the top of your prayer list. Amen. I mean, it's hard to get around Atlanta. And the only way I can do it is I do my prayer time while I'm in the car. Amen. That's the only way because I don't have nice things to say about some of the drivers there. And uh, that's me in my flesh. But hopefully with God's help, he can help uh, get past that. But um, I want to ask just for your help this morning with one thing. Uh, there is a good friend of mine. Does anybody in your life have a friend named Bubba? I know around at, at you know Alabama, a lot of people are named Bubba. I've got a buddy named Bubba, and he's got a really serious surgery coming up on Tuesday. So would you raise your hand if you'll just pray for Bubba in your personal prayers? Bubba, if you're watching, there's people here that don't even know you. They just know you're named Bubba that are going to be praying for you. His surgery is Tuesday morning at Grandview. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. And uh, the scripture tells us that the prayers of God's people avail much, like that matters. It matters to God when we lift up things. Obviously health concerns and things like that are in, in God's hands and Bubba is a believer and he is trusting and walking with God through uh, this, but it always helps when you know you got people praying for you. So he, uh, when I see him, I'm gonna tell him that you're gonna be lifting him up uh, this week. I also just wanna share a couple more personal thoughts before we uh, jump into the word. I know you know this already, but when you move away uh, from somewhere, it makes you remember and appreciate how special uh, this place right here is. Um, I know you know that already, and you probably don't need me to remind you of that, but there are different and beautiful expressions of God's kingdom going on across the world right now. Uh, in places we can't even pronounce the country's name, there's Christians that are meeting, praising the name of God. Um, and that looks different in every place around the world, but it's encouraging to me to know that there are so many Christians around the world lifting up God like we're attempting to do here. Um, and a lot of those places are in church buildings, and that's a good thing. God uses that, and, and it's beautiful, but I, I really sincerely believe that if uh, Jesus was walking here on the earth today, that he would be more likely to attend a place like this than maybe a fancy church. That's just my, my belief and opinion, and it doesn't mean that a big fancy church isn't good. There are wonderful good things that go on in big fancy buildings that God uses and, and does, but I think if you look at the life of Jesus, amen, uh, he was called a friend of sinners. And if I asked everybody to raise your hand, if you're a sinner today, my hand would be the first one to go up. We all are, right? I mean, we all are. Amen. We all struggle. We all have challenges. We all have difficulties. And I want you to know this morning that in those challenges and difficulties and circumstances, I want you to know three words. Okay. And you can say these words with me once I tell you what they are. Jesus is near, okay? You wanna say that out loud with me? Jesus is near. Jesus is close. He knows the circumstances and situations that you're facing, and probably maybe nobody else in this parking lot knows them, but Jesus is near. 
And he loves you. He wants good for you. He wants a life for you. He wants love for you because that's who he is. He's not um, j- just a lot of different things. He-, he is love. The scripture says God is love. And out of that love, every part of his character flows to you and to me. So um, this is a beautiful place, a holy moment, and we are God's people. Amen. And God's people uh, look to his word for guidance and strength. And I'm a little jealous because you all are studying my favorite text of scripture, the Sermon on the Mount. And I know Keith and other speakers are just doing a wonderful job and there's so much good and so much truth in the Sermon on the Mount. It's uh, probably, it's gotta be the longest uh, sermon that Jesus did, at least that's recorded for us in you know a few chapters. I'm sure he probably did maybe longer sermons, but I mean, there's just so much wisdom, so much good. And we could talk on the Sermon on the Mount until Jesus comes back and probably still not exhaust all of the truth that is in there. So we're going to be looking at a text today. And if I were to give you the sermon in a sentence, it would be this in one sentence, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Okay. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Now that's not, not just some fancy philosophical self-help stuff. That's from Jesus. That's from the Bible. That's from the text that we're going to look at today. Most of us call it the golden rule, right? It's a, it's a great way to live. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. So we're going to jump in and look at that specific text today, but I want to paint just a little bit of background uh, before we jump into the actual text, because I believe in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is doing something very important. Um, To me, it's one of the most, if not the most important thing uh, for us to know about Father God, and and that is it, and that is this. What does God look like? What, What is God like? Okay. What is God like? If I were to pass the microphone around, we'd probably get, you know, 50 different things, and probably all 50 of those things would be true. But to me, it's very, very important to have a picture of God, of of what he's like. It might help for me to ask you this question. When you pray, when you pray to God, what are you envisioning? Um, You have to envision something, right? We're we're called to have relationship with God, and you can't just have relationship with air, even though I'm thankful for the air, the breeze that's blowing right now. I mean, we're called, you know, he's a person. Any picture that we have of God will not be the full picture of God, right? I mean, any image that we come up with, anything that we're thinking about when we pray to, if it's light or if it's uh, whatever you imagine, it will not be the full picture of God, right? Because God's beyond that. He's the Trinity. He's three in one. There won't be one single picture that completely summarizes God. But isn't it helpful for us to to have, to have an image of God or to be able to answer the question, what is God like? And I can give you what I think my answer is and what I think the truth of scripture shows us. And I can give you that answer in one word. And that's the word Jesus. Okay. If we want to answer, what is God like? What does God look like? It's more complicated than this, but maybe we could make it simple by saying Jesus. Remember one of Jesus's disciples, Philip said, show us the father, show us what God looks like. Tell me what God's like. And Jesus was bold enough to say, if you've seen the father, you see him in me. Like if you see me, you see God. Now that either Jesus was crazy 
<laughs> or he was telling the truth, and by faith, I believe he was telling the truth. So everything that Jesus did, everything that he stood for, everything that we can read about in Scripture is the truest and best picture of God. Amen? So if, however you imagine Jesus, that's as beautiful as what God is like. That is the love that God is like. That is the truth of what God is like. It looks like Jesus. Now that brings us to a very interesting question, and I think we have to be honest with this, that the first half of the Bible or the early parts of the Bible in the Old Testament, I think if we're honest, and I say this out of reverence and respect, sometimes what we read in the Old Testament doesn't really look like Jesus, does it? Um, if we think of well, what, was this, what was the summarizing fact of the truth of who Jesus was, he was on the cross giving his life, asking for forgiveness of the people that are trying to kill him. Okay, that's what Jesus looks like. That's his character. That's his heart. That's the truest form of Jesus. But in the Old Testament, if we're honest, and I promise you I won't go through all 37 books of the Old Testament, but you know the scriptures. You look at the scriptures and you see war is happening and you see at least what's recorded in the Bible for us that God says, kill everybody, kill them all, kill the kids, kill the livestock. Does that sound a lot like Jesus? I mean, if I'm honest, I have to say not. Not, not really. That, that doesn't sound like Jesus. There's, uh, you know, you read the Psalms and you see um, a, a lot of things that you would be like, why would someone say that about God? Or why would they be feeling that way about God? And I could give you a lot of examples and I won't go through every single one of them, but um, there is a way I think that we can answer that. I do think God in the Old Testament loved his people so much that he met them at their level, right? And in the Old Testament, there, you know, it was a multi-God system where they believed in a lot of different small g uh, gods. And Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit who were working in the Old Testament wanted to prove that he was the true and living God and he was willing to go to whatever lengths it showed to prove that he was the true God. And I think that explains some of that in the Old Testament. But I do believe we must look at God or see God through the lens of Jesus. That's what God looks like. So when Jesus gets the opportunity to give at least what we have, the longest recorded sermon, I think one of the things that he's trying to do is to get to see, have the people that he's talking to, that he's physically in front of, see this is what God looks like. Okay? In, in the sermon, he's trying to say this, this is what it looks like. It starts off with the Beatitudes. The people that are desperate, the people that are in need, the most in need of things, Jesus is near, like what we talked about, blessed. God's involved in that. Those that are poor in spirit, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, everything that we've talked about. Jesus said, look, I'm not coming to change anything in the Old Testament, but to show you and to fulfill what was going on in the Old Testament. So we've got to look at God through the lens of Jesus. So that brings us to our text today, which is Matthew chapter 7 and it, it is the text that includes the golden rule. But listen to what Jesus says in this text, starting in verse 7. Matthew 7, verse 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you'll find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will you give him a stone? Or if he asks you for a fish, will you give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, 
How much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the whole law and the prophets. Sisters and brothers, this is the word of God for the people of God. May all of God's people say amen. So can we believe through faith that when we ask, God hears, God cares, God is near, and he will give that to us? Maybe not what we want, but always what we need, amen? When I'm driving up and down the streets of Atlanta of, over the interstate, what we call eight lanes of pain, I can't go very far until I see a billboard for a lottery sign, you know, a lottery, just advertising what the Georgia lottery, and it got up to like 990, I mean, it got so high that they couldn't even put all the numbers on the billboard. And a lot of times I would look at that billboard and my mind would wonder, what would I do if I had all that money? But if I had the capability, I would show you a, uh, you know how on TV they used to have these shows, it was, it was called like the E! True Hollywood Special on the E! Network, and they did one on people that won the lottery. And I promise you, if I had the capability to show it to you, I would, but every single instance, not, I mean, every single story that they showed, the people were more miserable after they won the lottery than before. Can you believe that? Like, they, you know, they invested in things that were not right. It may have been what they might have asked for, but it's not what they needed. So Jesus, who's trying to show us the heart of God, says, ask. You ever thought about a challenging circumstance and situation, the first thing that we should do is invite God into that? Like ask? Like before we ever even open our mouth, Jesus, God, I invite you into this. Try that this week. Jesus, God, I invite you into this. Just that one sentence prayer. And see what happens. It might not always be answered the way we think it should be, but it will be what is best. So Jesus, who's trying to show the heart of God, says, ask, and it will be given to you. Maybe not what we always want, but it'll always be what we need. Ask, what, and, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. You ever lost your phone? Isn't that the worst feeling of all? I mean, don't you search for your phone like you would the lottery money. That, you know? I mean, it's like if you, if you lose that. So what, what if you and I sought God with that kind of passion. The passion of one who's lost their phone. Uh, stopping everything, not giving up until we know that he's near and we know that he's with us. Man, um, I don't do that like I want to. But one part of this Sermon on the Mount, which is such good news, is when you read these challenging things, and it's going to get harder, loving your enemies, uh, the last phrase of the um, Sermon on the Mount says, be perfect as I am perfect. Uh, anybody want to sign up for that? that is not, that's not easy. But one of the things I think Jesus is doing is he's trying to say, look, on your own strength, you'll never be able to do any of this. You'll never be able to do any of it. So ask, seek. And when we do that, when we engage our heart, soul, and mind, our spirit, mind, and will in seeking God, he is near, and he will draw close. And, he, he, and what kind of father are we dealing with here? 
So a lot of the people that Jesus is talking with probably have that Old Testament, you know, grumpy, mad, kill everybody image of God, right? But Jesus shares with us the true heart of the Father when he says, look, all of us that are parents know this. If our kid asks us for something, and nine times out of ten we're able to do it, like he's saying, if he's asking for bread, if your kid's hungry, I mean, even though you and I are sinners, even though I am a sinner as a father, if my son was ever hungry, I would do whatever I could to get him something to eat. I'm not going to give him anything bad, like what Jesus is saying here, just give him a stone. No, you're going to try to give him the best because you love your child. Same thing with, you know, a fish. You're not going to give him a snake. You're not going to give him something that will harm him or her if it's your daughter. Um, you, you know, we as parents who are messed up sinners, that's part of who we are. We're going to try to help out our kids. But think about what Jesus is saying God is like. Like he cares about your stuff. He cares about your issues, your challenges, your circumstances. And when we seek and when we ask, he's going to answer. Once again, maybe not the way that we think he should, but it's always going to be what's best, right? It's always going to be what's best, what leads us to life and what leads us to love and what leads us to become more like him. So I think Jesus has a little bit of sense of humor. He's like, you know, you, you people, you know, even though you're evil, right? And, uh, you know, probably everybody was chuckling and, and that's true. Hey, we're, we're all sinners. Um, even though we're evil, we would do this. But imagine how much more God will do it, who is perfect love, who is perfect peace, who has the cattle on a thousand hills, who is perfection. How much more is he going to care about you? And how much better a gift is he going to give you than just simply bread or fish? I mean, that's the heart of what's going on here. And he says, this is what sums up everything in the law of the prophets. So how do we respond? How do we be filled with that love, so full of the love of God that we can do what the golden rule calls us to do? I think it's the only way that we can do it, is be filled so much by his love, asking him and seeking him so much that out of the overflow of us doing that, it shows us how to treat others in our world who need Jesus just as much as we do, who need life just as much as we do. That's the only way that it can be done. You and I have to ask, seek, and knock, and God, who is our good Father, will fill us so full that we can live out the golden rule. And I want to remind you this week, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That's what it's all about. If you're looking for the gospel in a sentence, remember that this week, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. If we live like that, not in our own strength, but through the strength of God and through the strength of Jesus and through the Holy Spirit, the kingdom of God is made evident on earth as it is here in heaven. I promise you one day, friends, as God, when, when Jesus and God return, that's what it's going to look like. People doing for others as they would have them do unto us. And it'll be perfect and it'll be beautiful. This broken world, it's not going on like that right now. But you and I, sisters and brothers, through the power of God, through the Holy Spirit, through his strength, can live out the golden rule. Are you with me? If you're with me, say amen. If you believe it, say amen. And if you receive it, say amen. Let's pray. Let's pray together. Father, we love you and we need you. And we as a church come today asking seeking and knocking and we know that you are near we know that you won't answer always with what we want but we know that you will answer for what is best so father whatever it is we're asking right now and maybe in your personal prayer you can be lifting up something that you want to ask god right now
Father, we're seeking you right now, and however you want to do that, maybe in your personal prayer, lift that up to God right now. And Father, we're knocking on the door. I'm knocking on your door for my friend Bubba. I pray that his surgery will go perfectly well, that you will heal him through the power of your Holy Spirit so that he can have life and peace. And I ask you, God, believing in faith for that right now. And I know my sisters and brothers right here in this circle have a lot that is on their plates right now. So whatever that looks like, God, we are asking, we are seeking, and we are knocking. And as you answer, Father, with what is best, fill us so full of your love that it just overflows to the world around us. Father, we admit in our own strength, it is hard and very difficult to do unto others as we would have them do unto us, particularly in circumstances of driving when someone cuts you off or when in anger, when things happen and God, we're going to face that uh, this week, however that looks. So father, in that moment, give us the peace and give us the love and give us the strength to invite you in God, Jesus, and Holy spirit. We invite you in and keep that in our minds this week. We invite you in, we invite you into that circumstance and God through your power and your strength, not in our own, We know that you will empower us to do unto others as you would have them do unto us. We need your help with that, God. So as a loving father, we worship you today. We thank you for all of our blessings, the chicken pot pie and the blessings of provision and love that you've given to us, the cool breeze, the air in our lungs, all of these things we're so thankful for. We love you and the church at Southside blesses you today. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. May all of God's people say together, amen.